Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, I'm Gary Quinn, and welcome to another episode of Ready, Set, Live. My guest today is Judson Rothschild, an interior designer and realtor. Judson Rothschild is the epitome of a full-service expert who has a keen eye for design and detail. His work has been featured in various television media outlets such as ABC, HGTV, and CNN, and he has also been featured in Architectural Digest, El Decor, and Veranda. Judson's well-rounded experience enables a deeper insight into what gives a property potential as well as what makes a property. Don't go away. I'll be right back with Judson Rothschild. Hello, Judson. Welcome to the show. It's great to be here, Gary. Yes, you know, um, I always try to feature extraordinary people who have talent that is needed to sort of be known to the world, and you're one of those people. Um, tell me, how did you get into the design business? I know you you grew up in Hollywood, in Los Angeles. Your mom was one of the first. So, you know, tell, tell us about your mom. She was one of the first actresses to be signed to 20th Century Fox. Well, no, actually, she was um, a contract player at Warner Brothers. Okay. Oh, down the street. Right down the street. And she was loaned out, it's kind of a funny story, to 20th Century Fox at one time to shoot this movie called Fantastic Voyage. And she got married and had to pull out of it. And that made Raquel Welsh's career. But um, my mom always had inc uh, this incredible vision. So did my dad, actually. And they loved to buy houses and just fix them up on the side. So I grew up, you know, as a child, scraping wallpaper. That's how I got my allowance. And what was amazing was you would scrape the wallpaper and there would be, you know, one layer. And you would go, oh, that's pretty ugly. Then you get to this second layer and you were like, whoa, this is kind of incredible. And then you would get to this third layer and suddenly the house became this living, breathing organism. And I just, lo I just love looking at the potential of a house and seeing what it can become or what it was and, and bringing it back to life. Um, you know, I know you have an eye for detail. Um, when you actually see a new home that you need to renovate, is it a conscious energy that you deal with the client? You, you sort of read their energy or you basically have an idea what what you're going to formulate in the house or change or add because I know you like a lot of light and you use a lot of white in your in your designs but what's what's the secret how do you how do you activate that well I think it's actually a little more organic I mean when you walk into a house the house 
I mean, I hate to be kind of airy-fairy about it, but the house kind of speaks to you. And um, you're correct. I do like light and I do like bright. Um, and I do like to, uh, you know, to deal with whites in all my houses because I'm a firm believer that we all need more light in our lives. So um, I think when it comes to clients and dealing with a piece of property, you know, you already have sort of a feel of what they're looking for. They've already seen my work. So we kind of walk organically through the project and I just kind of tell them what I feel and how I feel. And we all, you know, come to a meeting of minds. So I think it's, it's a partnership. It always has to be a partnership because ultimately it's not my house, it's their house. And, and I know that you're a stickler when it comes to fabrics, <laughs> uh, building, you know, you use the best, which really um, does emanate a, a, a consciousness of, of energy, of, of uh, really stability when you go into a house that's built really well. I know when I go to certain countries and I see homes or even in Japan or Italy or Switzerland that is really built well. You can feel it that it's not some cheap fabric or some cheap curtains um, because you've been influenced by the French uh, decor and what's the French what's, and the Italian and the Italian and, 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 the, and some of the English. You know, I tend to, you know, I tend to like more traditional, more transitional. I do contemporary when it's not just a box. I think right now all we're kind of seeing in contemporary. You know, in, in the contemporary view, it's just these square boxes in there. To me, they're hideous. But every now and then, an architect comes along that has a great contemporary vision, and then I'm really on board. I really love that. But the great thing about a transitional and traditional house is it has different layers. You know, it has details, which are really nice. And I know that you've branched into the design, from design to real estate, um, an architect, because you really do all three. Um, what was the catalyst that got you into that? I know, I know you had a, a great house that you redid in Bel Air, and that was that the catalyst that you were able to sell it, or it, it set you into the motion of it? Well, um, what happened was, I forgot how many years ago, one of my clients was having a hard time selling their house that I had worked on. So um, they knew I had my real estate license, so they came to me and they said, would you, you know, consider representing our house? I said, of course I would. Who better, could, who better to sell your house than the guy who, who redesigned it? Because in that house, we actually tore it down to the studs and we rebuilt it. We, we, re, we rebuilt a brand new 1932 house. It was really spectacular. So, um, of course, I agreed to sell it, and then it just started snowballing. And I love, I, love, um, I love trying to solve a puzzle in design, and in selling, it's the same kind of puzzle. You know, you're trying to find, you know, the right project for somebody or uh, the right house, and um, I love that part of the business. Yeah, that's one of the things I love about designers is the creative essence that they bring to a project. Um, and I've known you for years, and I've seen your work from beginning, middle to end, which I love to see the before and after. And I'll never forget, I think I was working in England, and you had me bring a bell back. 
I had a bell. In, it was about 50 pounds. In my suitcase, I smuggled a bell back into the United States. I didn't smuggle it. I was just, I, I bought it. It's so true. I saw this, I saw at this auction house, I saw this huge bell that you would pull, almost something like from the Wizard of Oz, you know, as a, as a front doorbell. And I told my clients, I said, I came up with this great idea for for your house, and it was a it was a Tudor house, and so they said, okay, great. And so poor Gary <laughs> had to drag this poor thing through airports to get it back to me. I called him up and said, I need you to pick this up because I won I won the bid. And he was like, okay, and he had no idea. I thought it was just a little bell. <laughs> it was this giant bell. It was huge. I think I, I had mean, to get another big. suitcase. <laughs> Because it didn't fit in my... And it weighed about 50 pounds. Yeah, I did have to get another suitcase. But it was fun. I went to, I think it was Carnaby Street. I can't remember where it was, but um, all antiques. And it was just really great to be in that English vibe. So, I mean, that in itself is showing that you just go to the detail. Well, I think all great designers do that. You know, I mean, details are what make our business. And, you know, we have the eye for detail. It's a blessing and it's a curse because our eyes see everything. And and I know that with real estate, have you found that to be a easy flow almost to go into to because you're able to do both um, and you're you know, you're able to connect with people. Has it been an easy transition to be able to combine both? Oh, absolutely. Because most of the time, you know, clients, you know, are looking at a house and they'll say, you know, I really like this house. And I said, well, let me point out a few things of where where you're going to spend a lot of money, you know, and these are kind of the issues that I foresee in this house. And that, you know, that's the great part of our job is we get to educate people you know, and say, you know, this is what you're getting into. If you're willing to spend this money, this is great. This is a great opportunity. Or sometimes we walk into a house and they're like, oh, I don't think so. I'm going to stop. This is a moneymaker. This is a great opportunity for you to make money. If not, you know, a beautiful place for you to live. Um, in this experience, because I believe our lives are all about experiencing situations, individuals and people. What has been the most important lesson that you've learned so far in this lifetime with life, people, working with different individuals? I think probably the most important lesson is to really pay attention to their energy. And there's certain people you really don't want to work for. You know, um, because, you know, you're spending a lot of time and a lot of effort and this house or this house I'm designing or this house I'm selling, you know, it becomes like family. And there's certain people that are just very caustic and you just don't want to work for them. So I think the most important lesson is to learn to say no. Can you describe one of the greatest challenges you've had to overcome in this lifetime? I think survival. I think, you know, I had to survive a lot of things in my life that I hope a lot of people never have to experience. And somehow, you know, I went through those experiences and I still see the glasses half full. So um, I am I'm a, a believer that I was put on this planet as a beacon of light. And I, I knew I was not going to let anybody take that away, no matter, no matter what obstacles I ran into. 
And I think, you know, everybody, you know, as, as a soul in this lifetime, we have challenges to overcome, but I think lessons to learn. And I think every situation and every individual teaches us something. And if we look at that from what makes us who we are today, we really look at those experiences as blessings and really um, enable to move forward. And I know um, I had a conversation the other day with someone who's in the media, pro, high profile, and I said to them, unless you're really willing to forgive the past, the people, the situations, you can't move forward. And um, I really believe that any in any spiritual practice, of any spiritual master or or energy worker that that is the key for anyone to transform their life and to forgive forget not to forget but just to let go of that whatever it is that you were angry about because i think i think that brings up like a mirror i'm angry because that parent or that situation wasn't right for me but maybe it was right for you because you had to learn survival you know i think um you know there's lessons there's lessons in everything and i think one of the most important things is and you've probably run across it and i've run across it with a lot of my friends is you know they start blaming their parents for things and they start blaming all these other people and i go wait stop i say did do you think your parents actually set out to destroy your life and they kind of think about it and they go, well, I said, because if they did, never speak to them again. But they were doing the best they possibly could. So you, you, we have knowledge at our age that they did not have at their age. You know, there was a societal expectation in those days. You know, you didn't tell your friends certain things. You didn't tell people certain things. And that, you started harboring all this stuff and it started building up. So, you know, my mom had four kids by the time she was 21. How could I blame her for anything? I could barely take care of my dog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. <laughs> so, so you know, you got to get over it. You know, at a certain point, I tell people you get two years in therapy, and then get over it. Okay, you can blame your parents and everybody else for all your problems, and now it's time for you to deal with what are you doing for your life. Correct. And I think sometimes the anger or the aggressiveness in a person. Um, comes out because they're working it out and they might attack you but you know I always go back to you know the four agreements it's like you just do your best take nothing personal and you keep going and yes you do have to have faith and you do have to believe um, what what do you think is one of the most common reasons why people are unhappy I think probably the I think probably the catalyst is they don't have a direction in their life. They don't know where they want to go. And um, I think we all get to a place where we go, what's it all for? And that is a big panic and anxiety moment in everybody's life is why are we doing what we're doing? And I think I think that's pretty much the answer. Um, what does love mean to you? Whoa, well, that there's, it means a lot. Um, honor, um, integrity, compassion, 
um, communication, and an amazing friendship. Mm. Yeah, I think that's the recipe for success. Um, I think a lot of people look for relationships to fix them, and I think that's a big mistake. It's more of an opportunity to have a mirror in front of you and look at what you're both learning or communicating, even whether it's a client or it's a you know, parent, sibling, friend. Um, we're all looking to learn how to communicate and how to love each other without taking a point of view of anger, resentment, or... Or fixing somebody. Yeah. You know, I don't don't know about you, but one of my sayings that I came up with is when I see Humpty Dumpty now, I just shove him over the wall. You know, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't have time to put you back together. I mean, enough of this. Yeah. You know, you got to come, you got to come, you know, put together yourself. How can one really truly learn to love themselves? Well, I think it's, I think it's an eternal, um, I don't think you ever stop at learning how to love yourself, to be perfectly honest. Um, you're doing your homework. Hopefully you're, you're looking at your past in a way that you forgive, as you were talking about. And hopefully you're constantly figuring out better ways to better yourself. And, you know, spiritually, meditation, you know, I've, you know, through the pandemic, you know, I came down with COVID twice and I ended up with long hauler, you know, um, portions of, of COVID. And I found a really great relief in meditation. And um, I think in order to better yourself, you have to be able to look at your faults, you know, and you have to be able to accept them. And you have to have compassion with not only others, but mostly yourself and forgiveness for yourself. You know, that's where we all tend to get into a lot of trouble. Who has influenced your life and whose work do you admire? Hmm. I mean, I know it sounds cliche, but I think the most influential person in my life was my mother. I mean, she had impeccable taste. She came from absolutely nothing on a dirt farm in Wichita Falls, Texas. You know, and she still had, she could look at a dress in a window and she could go home and sew it. And she had an impeccable eye also as a designer. We were, we were, our eyes were very different, but um, she definitely would be the person I would say, you know, empowered me the most. Who would you love to work with as a designer? As a designer? Hmm, that's kind of an, a tricky question. It could be another architect. It could be, a, a, you know, someone who you admire them, their work, musically, you know, it could be a... Well, I mean, Barbara Streisand, but she's got her own, she's got her own eye. There's no doubt about that. The Obamas, I would love to, I would love to work with. Didn't you tell me you had a experience with Barbara? No, I just grew up. I grew up loving loving her, you know, because um, I think with the amount of pain that I went through in my life, you know, um, early on, I think what a lot of people, you know, hear and and identify with her singing is she sings with a lot of pain, 
and um, I have not, you know, I have not worked with her. Um, but I think she's a terrific. I think she's a terrific woman. Um, if you could go back in time and ask one question from history of someone, what would be the question, and who would you ask? Well, it depends on what religion you believe in, um, the Buddha or Jesus. I think I would ask, you know, what's it all for? Hmm. And and I think that, you know, on on that note, what does what does heaven mean to you? Heaven means serenity, bliss. And just an overall feeling of floating. What does God mean? God is everywhere. We are all we are all God. Do you have a certain ritual that you do every day that exercise? I know you do meditation. What 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 do you do daily or weekly that is part of your ritual? Well, now I just got a puppy, so my daily routine has changed tremendously. But uh, normally I meditate, wake up in the morning and I meditate. Uh, then I make myself a great breakfast. Uh, some, I will go to work, and at some point during the day I will work out. And I you know, will spend at least 30 minutes with my dog, loving her, kissing her, playing with her, because... Um, She's like a child. And I always make sure that I make a really nice dinner and um, take a nice hot shower, and then I go to bed, try to go to bed early. What is your bucket list for the next five years? What do you want to accomplish, or what do you want to see, travel, go to? What's, what's the ultimate Judson mission? Well, to keep creating beautiful houses and to create, uh, keep buying and selling beautiful houses. But um, traveling, I mean, there's no place like Paris as far as I'm concerned. Um, Japan, I love. I would love at some point to get to Australia and New Zealand. Um, I mean, there's so many countries. I would love to see, you know, the pyramids, but obviously it's not a great time to go there right now. But um, I'd like to see the seven wonders of the world. I mean. So that's what they're all all there for, for us to witness. I mean, that's probably part of God. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you for coming in studio and really sharing this time. And um, much success with the design and the um, real estate and the new puppy. Well, thank you. <laughs> and Thank uh, you for having me. Yes, it was a pleasure to see you. And you can reach Judson on Instagram at, uh, where, where can they reach you? At Judson Rothschild is my Instagram. Okay, great. <laughs> and you can see some of his great designs on, um, on the website. You're going to see a lot of stuff on that. <laughs> right. You're going to see a lot of my opinions. Yes. All right. Thank you so much, Judson. Thank you, Gary, for having me. I'm Gary Quinn. Join me for another episode of Ready, Set, Live. Until next time, be well.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.